the Living Strong Podcast. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Living Strong Podcast. My name is Kim Sellers, and you know, this is a chance for us to generate some conversation about this mysterious illness called multiple sclerosis. So many of us have heard about it over the years, and some of us, you know, we, we know it very well, while others of us are still somewhat new and really not sure what to expect. But the more and more you hear stories, the more and more you become inspired. And of course, I met my friend Valencia. Oh, how many years ago, Valencia, have we known each other now? Oh, we, since I've been diagnosed. So let's see. Um, 27 years now. Are you kidding me? It has not been that long. It has. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, it's so crazy because... I remember when Vinny and I first met and she said, girl, why, why are you limping like that? So I said, oh, I got this thing called a mess and that's just driving me crazy. She said, me too. Said, there's no way you have the mess as well. Do you remember that day, Vinny? Oh my goodness. Yes, at the sister to sister convention. Yes, yes, yes. That was yes. it. And I, I really thought, I said, uh, she just wants to make me feel good and say that she has it as well. That's really no, because you remember you told me originally that it was your, your nerves were bothering me. Hey, right, that, no, that was my story. That was my <laughs> story, and I was sticking to it, girl. It was not a lie. It was not a lie. So tell me, what 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 made you realize that you two were about to become a survivor of MS? Well, if I heard you correctly, you wanted to know what made me find out what was going on with me? Yes. Okay, well, originally, it was little stuff. Like, I would get a little numbness in my right hand, and it would just go, like, I'd be writing, and the pen would go across the page. But a couple years prior to that, I went blind in my right eye. And when they did the, the brain scan, they told me that, I had something called optic, neur- optic neuritis. Mm-hmm. However, what they did not tell me is that 50% of the people that have optic neuritis, which is the inflammation of the optic nerve, go on to develop multiple sclerosis. So I didn't even know that that was on the radar. So oh, I didn't realize that, Betty. I didn't realize you didn't know that. Wow. So then um, they told me that... Um, after that, I started having the numbness and tingling, and they told me that. What did they tell me? They told me it was stress. So gotcha. just to make you laugh, just to make make you laugh, Kimmy, I was scheduled to get married, and I called off my wedding, and then my vision came back. Oh so my I could God. be clear. <laughs> I thought that was it right that, there, um, right? 
then I wasn't stressed anymore. My vision came back. I could see clear that I should have been married to that man. Right? Oh, I okay. love it. Love it. So then a couple, maybe a year or two later, when the numbness started coming back on that right side and, and you know, the emergency potty breaks and things of that nature. And I was like, I don't understand. So then I went back to the doctor. They told me at that point that it was multiple sclerosis. And it was back then, it was a situation where they would ask you 20 questions that if you answered 17 of them correct, that was your diagnosis. Right, 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 right. So there was no testing or whatever. But then um, about probably 10, 12 years later, um, I started having episodes where my body would just lock up and I would fall over out of nowhere on my right side. And when it locks up, when the muscles would tense up, um, my leg would lift and everything, so I, I didn't have any balance. Mm. So I went to the hospital, and, and they did a spinal tap. And, um, they told me that based on what the results were 10 or 12 years ago, that it is the multiple sclerosis. It was the relapsing, remitting, and this, that, and the other. And so it, it kind of just developed from there. Did you even know what MS was at that time? What did you say, baby? Did you even know what it was at that time, MS? When they originally said it, no. But all my knowledge came from you. Came from me? I didn't call doctors. Listen, I didn't call doctors. I didn't trust what doctors said. I called Kim, and I'm like, Kim, this is what they telling me. And they told me the truth. Kim, this is what I'm feeling. Is this what I'm supposed to feel? I didn't pay attention to them doctors. Well, let me just say this. I am not the expert, but I have lived some time and I've lived with it for quite some time now. So I know a little bit, but again, I am no expert. So, Vinny, how has it changed your life? Oh, boy. You know, I lived a normal life until having my only biological child at 34. Mm. And I knew that, and even from talking to you, talking to my doctors, whatever, I knew that it could go either way coming out Mm -hmm. of pregnancy. However, during my pregnancy was probably the best, I felt the best ever. Did you? And I didn't know if it had to do with the hormones or the additional hormones or whatever, but during my pregnancy, you couldn't even tell that there was a multiple sclerosis in the position. Mm -hmm. About Seven months after I delivered, I went into a major relapse. And it bothered me because I couldn't even hold my child. I had to have a 24-hour babysitter for like three months. It was Mm. crazy. And um, my leg, my everything, it was just terrible. I didn't have any feeling in my legs. And I would lock up unannounced. So that's why I couldn't hold the baby. Because if I had the baby in my arms, I could squeeze the baby. Or if um, if I had the baby and, and the lockup came, I could drop the baby. So it, it changed my life completely. But I also learned from you, Kim, that multiple sclerosis had to live with me. I didn't have to live with it. Absolutely. So with that being the case, everything that the doctors were saying, that they kind of wanted me to lay down and take it. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. They wanted to decrease the amount of hours that I work. But they didn't want to give me no money to pay my bills. 
So with that being the case, it 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 just it gave me the motivation to keep it moving. Now with the last the last maybe six or seven years have been very trying for me. Um I was on my walking stick for a while, then I broke my ankle. So I wound up on a walker. And the healing from breaking my ankle has been very, very slow. And so my balance is off. And I know, Kim, and don't fuss, that I don't do like I should as far as the exercising and everything that you tell me. I started, and then I stopped. And I get mad at myself for stopping, and I start doing it again. And I know that's my that's my vice. That's my nemesis. And I know that I need to do better with the exercise. It's now, I have felt done better with the eating like you told me. Yep, yep, yep. Let because I know that sugar is something sugar is something that really just takes yeah. me and does me. The majority of us it does sugar. It's, it's terrible for us. Dairy is not great. Alcohol is this terrible for us. You're not in And see, zone. I've never been a drinker or a smoker, never experimented with weed or anything. So that part of it wasn't hard for me. What was the hardest but part? But the sugar thing, boy, if you give me a, a glazed donut, a chocolate chip, <laughs> chip cookie, or a piece of cake, oh you don't have to feed me nothing for the rest of the day. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Well, you know what? I used to could say the same. But ever since I got COVID, and I'll be honest, I have not gotten my taste buds back. So everything tastes terrible to me. My mother, who can cook very, very well, made some baked beans, which I love her baked beans. And I promise you, it tastes like I was eating charcoal. Promise you. No, when I got COVID... It was it was so scary, Kim. I really thought COVID was going to take me out. Mm. And when what I went to see my doctor after it was over, he just grabbed me and he hugged me. And I was like, what are you hugging me for, crazy? He said, because you don't understand how many MS patients I've lost to COVID. Wow. So naturally, I cried. Um, mm. When I got COVID, I was like an invalid for 28 days. Really, I was in the hospital four times. Um, from the from the shoulders down, there was nothing. Mm. It was a tough time for so many of us. You know, funny enough, my number three daughter, who's in Indiana, going to college, and I guess when I got the COVID, I had no idea how it would affect the kids. You know, and so I guess they called. And told her, and she just broke down. And this is my child who has no emotions, no personality, doesn't like people. But she was so upset, and I'm like, why? And she admitted, she said they thought that it was it for me, that I never was on that on that road. But when you go back and you think about it, you know how many people could just be one little step away from, um, you know, losing the battle. COVID, thank God, thank God. I'm vaccinated now. I am fully yeah. vaccinated. I was afraid, but it can, it can be scary. But, um, you know, we have to sometimes do what's best for ourselves. What would you tell someone that has been diagnosed newly? 
to read up, do their own research, but to not allow multiple sclerosis to live their lives. To live their lives and tell multiple sclerosis to take the journey with them. Don't journey with them. Has it changed your personal life? Yeah, it, it has. Um, being recently divorced, the sad part about it is I thought nobody is going to want to be bothered with somebody whose health. Oh, don't say that. Goes through the changes that. Originally, to be honest with you, that's what I thought. But another thing that multiple sclerosis taught me is that I still am Valencia. I still am the person that I am, and I love me. So you either love me and everything that comes with me, or you don't deserve to be next to me anymore. I love it. I love it, and that baby loves you for sure. How old is your son now? My baby is 11. (laughs) Is he 11 already? Oh, my gosh. He is 11, Kim, and he is over five feet, and he swears he is my husband. What do you think has affected him the most with you living with MS? You know what, Kim? It really, he is such, he takes such good care of me that I feel bad, and I think that my situation may limit him, but I have a wonderful support group in my life and around me with my family and that kind of thing for one so I don't even think it's made him grow up a little bit quicker but he is such a little man and he takes such good care of his mommy so I don't even think that it's impacted him the way I feel that it's impacted him because he doesn't know anything he's mommy's had multiple sclerosis since the day he was born right right if you could wish for anything, what would you wish for? A cure. In my lifetime. Love it. Love it, love it. To just be able to get up and walk without wondering if I'm going to fall. Oh, I know. I do know. To be able to get up without having to stretch every muscle in my body. To get my equilibrium in in order. Absolutely. I could probably deal with a lot of the other symptoms that I have, but if I could get around on my own without problems, I'd make everything else work. Love it. Ooh, do I love it? I mean, we take it for granted. You know, so many times, just the simple step just making a couple steps to the door seems so simple we take that for granted until like we have to think about think about which wall we're going to hold on to next think about whose arm can we grab just in case you know i lose my balance who can i have to help get me you know to the rest in time all those silly little things that we laugh about suddenly become big things so, you know, more than um, more, more women are diagnosed with MS than men. They say most people are diagnosed between 20 and 50. It is, a, it is still a mysterious illness. But I like to see or like to say that most people living with MS are survivors. They're not patients. They're not 
ill, but they are no doubt survivors fighting this whole illness, hoping, like you said, to get a cure while we are all here. Don't forget you can go to our website, the Kim Sellers Foundation.org. Make that Kim Sellers Foundation.org. Of course, you can always like, follow, share, and even subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Thank you so much, Valencia, for joining us. Love your story. Love your spirit. This has been another edition of the Living Strong Podcast.